Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays on the Podbean app, which you can download onto your smartphone. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609. 3711. All right, this is episode number 23 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It is Thursday, November. What's the day again? Yes, November 11th, 2021. It's Veterans Day. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious last November's presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't let me say that on the radio. And yes... There's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. Now, before I get to today's news, I want to tell you about a personal journey I've been on for 13 years and how, by the grace of God, I discovered the best-kept secret in American health care. I have hoped and prayed for years for the opportunity to share this on a national stage, and I'm thankful the Lord has opened the door for me to do so. Back in 2008, I was living in Brunswick, Georgia, selling radio commercials. That's where I met a doctor who taught me about a crucial part of health care that most of us have never heard of. Okay, here goes. Your skull weighs somewhere between 8 and 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1 bone, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas bone to get out of alignment. If it does get out of alignment, it can cause your spinal column to get kinked up like a chain. So that can lead to big problems because that's where your central nervous system is located. If your spinal column gets kinked up, it can cause your central nervous system to be unable to send impulses to the rest of your body as God designed it to do. So you need to find out if you need an upper cervical care doctor. They're the doctors who take x-rays of your head and neck to see if your atlas is out of alignment. And if it is, they're the doctors who will adjust your atlas to get it back in alignment and you feel better. At the time I found out about this over 13 years ago, I was a single dad and my mom was helping me raise my six children. So I went home and told her about this doctor I met who adjusts people's atlases and about the results he was getting. She said, Doc, you have to take your son, Steve. He's only 13 years old, and I'm afraid he's developing scoliosis, curvature of the spine. He can't sit up straight. He can't stand up straight. And he has migraines all the time. So I took Steve. He got his atlas adjusted, and immediately he sat up straight, and he stood up straight. After his third adjustment, the migraines went away for good. Then my mom told me, Doc, look at yourself in the mirror. Your shoulders are off balance, and you have bad headaches all the time. I think you need to get your atlas adjusted. So I did, and the migraines went away. But I also realized that I had been suffering through a low-grade but consistent head and neck ache caused by several automobile accidents I had been in over the past 20 years. So that consistent low-grade head and neck ache went away immediately, and I instantly realized I had been walking around in a fog for several years. Getting my atlas adjusted was like coming up out of the ether. But what really surprised me was when springtime came around, and for the first time I could remember, I didn't have hay fever. Well, that was quite a shock because I had had really bad hay fever every spring going all the way back to my school days. 
Folks who have their atlases adjusted have reported success with not just migraines, not just allergies, but fibromyalgia, acid reflux, and even eczema. It's all about adjusting the atlas to remove the obstruction that keeps your central nervous system from sending impulses to different parts of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I've been under this kind of care for over 13 years in three different states. I think I would probably be in a wheelchair by now if I hadn't found out about getting my atlas adjusted. My wife and I know many people this has helped. If you're wondering if you need to get your atlas adjusted, look in the mirror or look at a picture of yourself. Do your eyes look off balance? Do your shoulders look off balance? Do you naturally tilt your head to one side or the other? When you sit on the sofa, are you most comfortable leaning one way or the other? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. If you'd like to get a free consultation with a doctor near you who adjusts atlases, go to the website TurnMyPowerOn.com. We link to it on our website, TurnMyPowerOn.com. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, you sure will be. Look, um, today is Veterans Day. And we're so thankful for our veterans. We're so thankful for the people who went out there and risked their lives to protect and defend this country, our way of life, our institutions, our Constitution. Those of us who've never put on the uniform, who've never willingly put everything on the line, risked their lives, we don't really have any comprehension of what these people have gone through. So it's good to uh, befriend them and listen to them. It's good to show our appreciation to them. And this is one day that we try to do that. I know there are a lot of uh, restaurant chains all over the country that giving free meals to veterans. God bless them for that. Um, one time a few years ago when I was thanking a veteran for his service, He said he really appreciated that. He said, but don't forget our first responders, our police officers, our firemen, our paramedics. Remember to thank them too. And that was, uh, that was something that I really appreciated. Because the veteran who was telling me this said, you know, a cop puts on a uniform and a badge and a gun every day, hoping he gets home that evening. I mean, they go a lot, they go through a lot to protect and defend us also. Amen. So, one of the things that uh, our veterans have risked their lives for is our Constitution. As the great Mark Levin has said over and over again, the Constitution is not self-executing. We have to protect and defend the Constitution. It's just a piece of paper otherwise. You know, it doesn't apply itself. And so there's a lot at stake in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A lot at stake. There are people in this country 
wealthy, powerful, famous people like LeBron James who want Kyle Rittenhouse to go to prison for the rest of his life, not because they believe he murdered anybody, but because they're in favor of the rioters. And what were the rioters doing? Tearing down and destroying property because a rapist who happened to be black, who happened to be reaching for a weapon, and trying to take a car away with kids inside of it, were shot by police. And they identify not with law enforcement, but with a rapist. Know what I'm saying? And not to mention, not to mention as... um, Matt Walsh, over at, I can't remember, is he the, the Blaze or Daily Wire? But as he's saying this morning, it is worth remembering, worth emphasizing that Rosenbaum, one of the so-called victims, was not only a sex offender, but an actual serial child rapist who molested and anally raped multiple boys. This is the man that the left is mourning. They wish that he was still alive and Rittenhouse was dead instead. Got it? CBS This Morning tweeted out yesterday that Kyle Rittenhouse broke down on the trial while talking about the two men he murdered. They deleted the tweet, but the internet is forever. He didn't murder anybody. It was self-defense. They know it was self-defense. And after Kyle Rittenhouse is found not guilty, I hope he gets the meanest shark of a lawyer that exists in this country and goes after everyone, everyone who's been slandering him. I hope he gets a lot more money than Nicholas Sandman got. Hmm? No, no, it won't teach them a lesson. They never learn. No, they're true believers. You don't, you don't reason with true believers, okay? But you can bankrupt them. I like to see that happen. I'd love to see that happen. Now, Tucker Carlson was on fire last night in his coverage of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But first, I've got to share with you the latest from John Hayward over at Breitbart. This is what he said early this morning out there on Twitter. He said, if some of the lefty social media hot takes on the Rittenhouse trial seem confusing, understand they think left-wing stormtroopers and rioters have an absolute right to occupy and destroy any territory they please, and if there are injuries when you oppose them, it's on you. 
This is the core logic of terrorism. The way they look at it, their cause is righteous, their demands must be granted, and if you force them to hurt you or destroy your property to get what they want, then it's your fault. As far as they're concerned, you can stop the violence anytime you want by submitting. The ball is in your court. Now, needless to say, the left does not think anyone but themselves has any such intrinsic right to occupy and destroy. They believe they have a monopoly on righteous political violence. Only they should be given space to destroy. Using a phrase from a former mayor of Baltimore, who when there were riots over the death of Freddie Gray, she said that they had given the rioters some space to destroy part of the city. Put another way, the left thinks it has a unique and absolute right to nullify the social contract. They reserve the right to decide the system isn't working, society is unjust, their demands cannot be refused, and the authorities must stand back while they use force. That's one of the reasons left-wing protests leave so much trash and filth behind, even when they aren't violent. They're checking out of the social contract for an afternoon, so they don't have to clean up after themselves. Now, here's the thing about the social contract, though. It only holds up if the government does its part and the duty of the government is to prevent violence and vandalism, to protect private property and keep the streets open. Citizens must defend themselves if the state will not. The last thing a healthy society needs is criminals, predators, and totalitarians thinking they have a sea of soft targets to choose from When the state stands down, then they can make their own laws when officials decide not to enforce the law against them. Totalitarians think your personal safety and the integrity of your property are gifts from the state. And if the state is unable or unwilling to protect you, the correct response is to passively and meekly step back while rioters and thugs have their way. He's right. You know, that's one of the reasons that the, uh, the couple in St. Louis were prosecuted for trying to defend their home and themselves when the rioters got into their uh, neighborhood and were threatening to kill them. Remember that? Anyway, more from John Hayward at Breitbart. He says that's one reason the totalitarian left despises the Second Amendment and gun rights. They are a bold refutation of the ideas that citizens must surrender their lives and property to the mercy of the state. The Second Amendment gives you the right and implicitly the duty to defend yourself. The unhealthiest takes on Kyle Rittenhouse assert that he needed to justify his presence to the left-wing thugs who seized power over the area as if they were the new law and as if he needed to apply for a passport with them before entering their territory. Here's the deal. Kyle Rittenhouse was an American visiting an American city, not a West German trying to get into East Berlin. Law-abiding citizens are not responsible for what lawless thugs decide to do when they walk down a public street. Thugs don't have a right to occupy anything. Thank you, and God bless you, John Hayward over Breitbart.
All right, now, Tucker Carlson last night. Tucker Carlson last night talking about the uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. He was on fire. He was remarkable last night. And uh, I would be remiss in my duty if I didn't play for you what he said last night, and along with my running commentary every so often. Here's Tucker last night on Fox News Channel. In the meantime, tonight, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial continued today in Wisconsin. In a move that surprised lawyers everywhere, Rittenhouse took the stand in his own defense. That is unusual in criminal cases, and it's especially unusual in murder trials. And the reason is simple. The stakes are too high. One wrong answer in a cross-examination, and you could wind up spending life in prison. But this case was different. By the time he testified today, Kyle Rittenhouse had already won the case. At this point, there was no remaining doubt that Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense during the riots last summer in Kenosha. Every shot Rittenhouse fired was captured on videotape and from multiple angles. You know, because a lot of lawyers were shocked that Kyle Rittenhouse's defense team let him take the stand in his own defense. Most murder trials, the defendant doesn't take the stand. Here's more from Tucker. Every single witness who testified this week at the trial confirmed exactly what happened. And here are the facts of it. A convicted child rapist called Joseph Rosenbaum was released from a mental hospital and then went directly to join the mob that was burning downtown Kenosha. By the way, he tried to commit suicide a couple of times while being held in the mental hospital, which might somehow play into um, the idea that he kept on saying, shoot me inward to folks on that night last August of 2020. Once he got to the riot, Rosenbaum saw Kyle Rittenhouse and immediately threatened to kill him. Rosenbaum then chased Rittenhouse and tried to pull the gun from his hands. When he did that, Kyle Rittenhouse shot him. So Joseph Rosenbaum died as he had lived, trying to touch an unwilling minor. Oh, 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 oh. Tucker es en el fuego. Tucker's on fire. Rosenbaum dated women with young sons. So he could rape and sodomize little boys, 9, 10, 11 years old. And Tucker just said Rosenbaum died as he lived, trying to touch an unwilling minor. Man. Gotta, my hat's off to Tucker. God bless you, brother. God bless you. At this point, Rittenhouse ran to find police. A mob then chased him down the street, howling for his death. A rioter jumped on Rittenhouse and knocked him to the ground. Another smashed him in the face with a skateboard. Yet another drew a loaded gun and pointed it in his face. Kyle Rittenhouse shot the second two men, one of them fatally. Now, at one point, the, um, the prosecutor asked Kyle Rittenhouse why he used an AR-15 to shoot a guy who only had a handgun pointed at him. And Rittenhouse's response was because he had a handgun pointed at me. A lot of people out there, legal 
folks watching this trial are wondering if the prosecution is intentionally trying to cause a mistrial in the hope that they could try again with a different jury and a more lenient judge. This is whack, man. This is whack. More from Tucker last night. So those are the facts, and there's no way to interpret them except for what they are, the exercise of self-defense. Kyle Rittenhouse shot people so he would not be killed. But if you take a step back from the Rittenhouse story, you see something else entirely. You see violent insanity completely out of control in the middle of an American city. And the question is, how did that happen in our country? And why did nobody stop it? And it wasn't just happening in Kenosha, of course. Violent mobs at the same moment overwhelmed New York and Minneapolis and Portland and many other cities. They killed at least a dozen people. They caused hundreds of millions of dollars in damage. But that's all right with the Democrats. They're down with the struggle. You know what I'm saying? They burned businesses. They torched police stations. They bombed courthouses. They invaded suburban neighborhoods in the middle of the night purely to intimidate people because of their race. Democrats applauded all of this as it happened. Most Republicans just ignored it. And, of course, the media lied about it. In Kenosha, the police barely even showed up. Officers and armored cruisers sat and watched as rioters torched a car lot with more than 100 vehicles in it, and they did nothing to stop the chaos. The question then is how exactly are we surprised when a 17-year-old lifeguard from Illinois decides to step in? They hate it when you say that, but it's an entirely fair question. When legitimate authority refuses to do its duty, its sworn duty, others will fill the vacuum. That is always true. It's a physics principle. See, that's the thing. The Democrats and the liberal media, but I repeat myself, they like the chaos. They like the burning of the minority-owned businesses. Like I say, they're down for the struggle. You know, an orderly, prosperous society drives them crazy because they want power over us. But rather than acknowledge that obvious truth and accept the responsibility they bear, the people who made these riots possible in the first place decided instead to crush Kyle Rittenhouse. Joe Biden publicly called him a white supremacist, something for which someday we very much hope he is sued because it's totally outrageous and false. Members of Congress called him a domestic terrorist. You know, I, I hope Kyle Rittenhouse sues Joe Biden for everything he owns. Discovery. Oh, my goodness. Discovery in the deposition process. That, that'd be a lot of fun. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Um, they let Paula Jones sue Bill Clinton. While he was in office. And Clinton actually got elected. Today, Kyle Rittenhouse spoke for himself. See what you think. Once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side. Um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski, and there were <laughs> there were people right there. <laughs> So after a 10-minute break to compose himself, Kyle Rittenhouse returned to the courtroom and proceeded 
to blow up the prosecution's claim that he had racked his rifle in a threatening manner. It turns out he didn't rack his rifle at all, and video proved that. And then Rittenhouse explained why he turned himself in to police after the shootings. By the way, you got people out there like uh, LeBron James making fun of Kyle Rittenhouse for breaking down on the stand. You know? LeBron James, the same guy who makes uh, millions every year off the slave labor out of China. You know what I'm saying? Tell you what. That right there is one mean man. That right there. That LeBron James. Calls himself King James on social media. Most folk, when they think of uh, King James, they're thinking about a version of the Bible, God's holy word. LeBron James keeps on making it clear that where he's coming from is in total opposition to the King James version of the Bible or any other version of the Bible. You know, uh, because I, I, I've read some of it before. I, I've read the whole thing, as a matter of fact. And it talks in there about uh, do unto others as you have them do unto you. LeBron James doesn't believe that. He wants people to shut up about the slave labor in China. Shut up about the forced abortions in China. Shut up about the organ harvesting. The genocide in China because he's making money. But someone as odious as LeBron James Twitter doesn't have a problem with him. Someone like uh, Emerald Robinson, White House correspondent for Newsmax, no, they've uh, they've kicked her off that platform. Why do you think that is? Because she tells the truth. Anyway, more from Tucker last night. People were saying, cranium him, get him, kill him. People were screaming, and I just was trying to get to the police running down Sheridan Road. And you say I'm trying to get to the police. Why were you trying to get to the police? Because I didn't do anything wrong. I defended myself. Did you feel as though there was safety where the police were? Yes. So they didn't really have a response to that since it's all on videotape, it's provably true. So instead, the lead prosecutor in today's case, who is essentially an NPR pledge drive donor called Thomas Binger, took a very different tack. He went on to imply that Kyle Rittenhouse must be guilty because he had exercised his constitutional right to remain silent after he was arrested. Watch. Um, You know, you have a Fifth Amendment right not to speak. You know what I'm saying? Prosecutor knows that. Prosecutor didn't. I think it was four people testified yesterday that the prosecution uh, tried to get them to change their testimony. That sounds kind of like suborning perjury to me. I mean, I'm no legal expert. I'm not all that bright, but um, these prosecutors are some bad guys. Since August 25th, 2020, this is the first time you have told your story. Now you hear the defense saying, I object to this. And the judge says, 
the objection is sustained. Since August 25th, 2020, you've had the benefit of watching countless videos of your actions that night, correct? You've also had the opportunity to listen to the testimony of all 30-some witnesses that have testified in this trial so far, correct? Yes. And after all of that now, you are telling us your side of the story, correct? Correct. I am making the point that after hearing everything in the case, now he's tailoring his story to what has already been introduced. Uh, it's a shame the prosecutor's not under oath because he's lying and he knows he's lying. The problem is, this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence. And that is, and, and, and you're, right, you're, right on the, you're right on the borderline. And you may, you may be over, but uh, it better stop. Understood. A judge, God bless him. A judge is from the old school. He actually believes in people having constitutional rights. Innocent until proven guilty in the court of law and all that kind of old-fashioned stuff. The judge actually believes in that. Prosecutor's trying to obscure that. Yeah, this is day one of law school stuff, but just to be clear, exercising your constitutional rights is not an indication that you are guilty. It is a sign that you are American. It is your birthright. The government's own lawyer does not understand that, which you think might get the attention of Merrick Garland's Justice Department, which after all is in charge of justice in this country. But no. Merrick Garland is not interested, just as he has ignored the thugs videotaping jurors outside the courthouse. The judge in this case seems pretty well fed up with all of it. Today he ruled that prosecutors could not mention statements about shoplifters that Kyle Rittenhouse apparently made weeks before the shootings. Prosecutors asked Rittenhouse about them anyway, and once again the judge was forced to shut down the trial. I indicated a bias towards denial is what I did. Held it open with a bias towards denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I, I was astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I've got an idea. He's hoping there'll be enough people on the jury who don't understand our judicial system, don't understand our Constitution, implying that you must be guilty if you uh, availed yourself of your constitutional rights. That's why. That's why. The prosecutors are horrible. So I don't know what you're up to. You could watch televised trials for the next 10 years and never hear a judge talk like that. That's how completely out of control the prosecution in this case is. At this point, it's not even clear it's going to make it to a jury. The defense has asked the judge to dismiss the case without the possibility of retrial, and the judge indicated he might very well grant that request. So again, what you are watching is willful prosecutorial misconduct. It's an intentional perversion of justice, and the judge very well knows that. 
I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. So why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me? That was before the Don't testimony. Don't get brazen with me. Uh, uh, you knew very well. You know very well that an attorney can't go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking outside the presence of the jury to do so. So don't give me that. Yeah, don't give me that. Exactly. Good for the judge. We should tell you, we're so used to evaluating everything through a partisan lens that it's worth knowing the judge in this case, that guy, was appointed by a Democrat. The point is, however, he still believes in the Constitution. That's always the point. Kyle Rittenhouse should be very grateful he's the judge in this case. Yes, he should be. Because he still believes in the Constitution. And I got to tell you, uh, there are plenty of judges in this country who would be happy to who would be happy to uh, bend things if you catch my drift. No, no. There are plenty of judges in this country who uh, would bend over backwards, you know, to try to help the, uh, the prosecution take down an innocent man. I mean, there, there, there are no two ways about that. So, <clears throat> God bless him. God bless him. Now, a guy I follow on Twitter, A.G. Hamilton, says, honestly curious how many people are aware that the first person Kyle Rittenhouse shot, Joseph Rosenbaum, who chased Kyle and tried to grab his gun starting the mayhem, had been released from a mental hospital on that same day after a second suicide attempt in two months. He says, I'm not even talking about his extensive criminal history. Well, that's directly relevant to his mental state that night and informs, along with the extensive video of him being agitated and trying to go after others, his actions leading up to the events in question. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does. So, just thought you should know about that. Just thought you should know about that. As the trial resumes. So, Chris Hayes over at MSNBC. Um, says, do we want a society in which political conflict is settled on the streets between people with guns, one in which everyone is armed and can therefore view the other people are armed as a plausible threat? Is that the society we want? And the great Andy Grewal, professor at Iowa Law School, says, are these pundits really that obtuse, or are they just playing dumb? And Chris Hayes comes back and says, Call me crazy, but I think it's bad for a minor to take an illegal-acquired, military-style long gun to another city to, quote, defend, unquote, people and end up killing two people and wounding a third. Not the kind of society I want, but is quite literally the kind of society the NRA promotes. 
So the great Drew Holden, who is a columnist for all kinds of different places, Fox News, Federalist, National Review, Washington Post, New York Times, Drew Holden says, there have been a lot of these takes since it became obvious that Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. All of them treat destructive riots winked at by Democrat politicians as a neutral backdrop, which is preposterous. Drew Holden says, I would like to live in a society where it doesn't fall to everyday citizens to defend life and property against the mob. He says, Freddie DeBoer had a really good piece on the situation this morning. To me, this is the upshot of all of it. Here's the quote. Well, look. Chaos is chaotic. Bad stuff happens when people riot. When you create environments where anything can happen, anything can happen. Some people are going to take advantage of that opportunity to do things that you don't like. You can't endorse spasms of directionless violence and then complain when some of it plays out in a way that you hadn't intended. This seems totally obvious to me, and yet so many out there want to both condone riots and condemn their chaotic outcomes. It's like putting on music and getting mad when people dance. Drew Holden concludes, My fundamental question is this. If violent anarchists rolled into your town, hell-bent on its destruction, and your police are told to stand down, do you want more men with guns who at least purport to care about your safety and property to show up? Or fewer men with guns who at least purport to care about your safety and property to show up? It's a good question, isn't it? It's a really good question. All right, um, something that I, I meant to mention at the start of the show today, and, and I forget because... I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, if I may use a Southern colloquialism in present company. Um, so last week we had a power outage in my neighborhood. And so the live stream was over an hour and a half late getting started, but the show must go on, you know. And so we had an, somebody email say, hey, is there a way that we can contribute to buying a generator to try to make sure this doesn't happen again? And we really appreciated that, and we kind of tried to figure out what to do. And there is now on the docwashburnshow.com website a place where you can click if you want to be a patron of the show. In other words... If you want to contribute financially to what we're trying to do here. And I completely forgot to mention it yesterday until the very end of a live stream. And I said, Oh, well, I should mention it at the start of the show tomorrow. But, you know, we're we're almost forty minutes into it and it finally occurred to me. So anyway, yeah, if you want to contribute financially to what we're doing, go to docwashburnshow.com and the tabs across the top, there's something called Become a Patron. 
And, and I appreciate the guy for, for emailing us last week saying, hey, we need to do something to make sure this doesn't happen again. So um, Rittenhouse, a lot of people, a lot of really good takes on this. A guy I follow on Twitter who goes by Oilfield Rando says, I love all these leftists bitching about the judge after completely ignoring a school shooter getting out on $75,000 bail recently and getting a welcome home party. Just love it. Just clarifies where we stand as a nation. Warring tribes. You know what I'm saying? Also, the great uh, Beckett Adams, senior commentator over at DC Examiner, says, worth keeping in mind the public discourse regarding the Rittenhouse trial is being driven in large part by the same crowd that argued recently that knife fights between teenagers are A, normal, and B, not to be interfered with. Make of that what you will. And somebody responded, and that shooting a nonviolent, trespassing female protester to death is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. This is the world we live in. Um, independent journalist John Ekdahl weighed in. These are all thought-provoking. He says, pay close attention to those who claim to be conservatives, those on the right, still clinging to the he-shouldn't-have-been-there argument. And he links to the odious David French, who says, you can believe two things at once, that Rittenhouse had absolutely no business being there, and that the evidence says that one or more of the shootings were in self-defense. Grosskreutz did indeed seriously bolster the defense case. We'll see what the jury says. Oh, but he, he had no business being there, huh? Did David French mention the rioters had no business being there? Or, uh, for that matter, Kimberly Ross, who writes at DC Examiner and USA Day Today, who said, is it really so difficult to believe Rittenhouse had no business being there that night? None. From all the indications, the actions in question were self-defense. I don't think I'm alone in this. No business being there. John Ekdahl says, no business. You'll notice this exact phrase pop up again and again from people like this. It's meaningless. It's a moral judgment. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. The great Julie Kelly just, she nailed it. But before I get to that, RB Pundit on Twitter said, here's the bottom line. Anyone saying he shouldn't have been there is someone that doesn't actually believe that people have a right to defend their communities from hordes of communist scumbags. It's choosing time. What side are you on? All right.
It's choosing time. Okay. Now, I'm going to get to what Julie Kelly said about it. But whatever we're talking about, whatever we're talking about, there's always this backdrop. There's always this elephant in the living room. There's always this sense of dread, just like the sense of dread in the Dunkirk movie, which came out a couple of years ago. And that is that they're trying to control us. Now, Hillary tried it with Hillary Care early in Bill's first term and got smacked down. Okay. But then, in the first year of Obama's first term, they got it, Obamacare. The so-called Affordable Care Act. You know what I'm saying? That made your health care so much more expensive. That made your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage. That made your sky-high deductible, well, pre- prevent some people from even going to the doctor because the deductible is so sky-high. The sky-high co-pays, which keeps some folks from going to the doctor. That's part of the plan. You, you do understand that, right? Part of the plan. But I have some good news. There is a way out. And it's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. My friend Art Wilborn put this together. Actual affordable health insurance plans. You save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health care. Low deductible sometimes even no deductible and no co-pays. Can you believe this? It's a great deal. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Also, the great thing with Art Wilborn's plans, you can get an insurance plan that doesn't insult your morality. You get an insurance plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion that, that, that deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. Let me tell you again. Affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Art Wilborn is licensed in, in the two biggest states that download our podcast, Arkansas and Texas, but any of the 50 states, he can hook you up with somebody who can give you exactly what he's talking about here. Save money on your insurance at my oh oh by the way, he'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Also, that, that just 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 in case you're wondering, save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. All right. So um, the great Julie Kelly got into it. with the odious Dan McLaughlin, one of the uh, so-called conservatives over National Review. Well, it started off with this Josh Jordan guy. 
on Twitter saying, he said, you'll never convince me that Kyle Rittenhouse was in the right by bringing a gun to a volatile situation and killing two people. That said, he's going to be acquitted in probably 30 seconds based on how the trial is going. The reactions to that are going to be difficult. And then uh, another so-called conservative who also writes over National Review, Pradeep Shankar, says he was stupid to go, but once there he had a right to defend himself. Josh Jordan says, yes, but that's again glossing over the fact that he went there with a gun to try and be a vigilante. He might have had a right to do it by the law, but he went there looking for trouble with a gun and was going to find that trouble. So Sean Trend at Real Clear Politics says there's a big gap between is he a good, smart, decent guy and does he have a valid self-defense claim? To say nothing of what is a jury pool going to think of someone who came ostensibly to try to keep the city from being burned down? Josh Jordan says, yeah, that's what I was trying to get at earlier. I think what he did was awful, but it seems beyond clear that he's getting acquitted. I will say that I do not understand those who celebrate him, but I'm not surprised by it. Sean Trent, Real Clear Politics, says same story as George Zimmerman about a decade later. Oh, good grief. Not the same story about George Zim- as George Zimmerman at all, except that it was self-defense. Uh, nobody was rioting and looting in that little town of Florida. But anyway, so then Dan McLaughlin, the, uh, the famous baseball crank in National Review, says, yeah, there will be some people who try to turn Kyle Rittenhouse into a folk hero of the sort that gets speaking slots at CPAC. At CPAC. You know, the Conservative Political Action Committee didn't do their annual deal with a lot of speeches. He says that will be very wrong to turn him into a folk hero. Now, now, in steps the great Julie Kelly from America Greatness, a wise person, a voice of sanity in the midst of this insanity. She says, no, by all means, Please recycle the same keyboard warriors who claim to defend Second Amendment rights to raise money on pricey cruises while demeaning a young man doing the job police refuse to do. Dan McLaughlin, not realizing he's been beat, comes back and says, we're entitled to defend ourselves, but you think untrained, armed teenagers should be leaving their hometowns to wade into riot zones and play cop, I'd offer an illustration of what could go wrong, but the Rittenhouse case does that quite well. Murderer? No, but he's no hero. Julie Kelly for the win. She says, I know Dan knows this, but it must be said, this country was built on untrained, armed teenagers and a few years older, leaving their homes to wade into war zones when tyranny and or lawlessness reigned They also won a few world wars. All right? Right? Now, as we mentioned earlier, today is Veterans Day. And God bless our veterans. Former President Trump had an announcement that he put out this morning. 
Thursday, I'd like to pay tribute to all of those incredible people, and you are indeed incredible people, who serve so well and so strong and so powerfully in the United States Armed Forces. We love you. Our nation respects you. The world respects you. And we will come back. Our country has gone through a lot. The last period of time has been very, very tough watching what you had to watch. But our country will be back and will be back stronger than ever. Happy Veterans Day. Okay, good. Good. Uh, a, a good announcement there on Veterans Day from former President Trump. Honoring our veterans. Of course, uh, there are a number of veterans who are January 6th political prisoners who are being treated horribly. He's not lifting a finger to help them. People who went to his rally on January 6th and then he said, we're all going to walk over to uh, the Capitol and peacefully protest. And then he didn't, but they did. And by the time they got there, a lot of them noticed the barricades are down, the doors are wide open, and so they walked into the Capitol. And then they've been prosecuted on nonviolent misdemeanors. A number of them kept in solitary confinement. Ten months later, a number of them denied bail. A number of them not, don't even have trial dates yet. Last I checked, uh, Donald Trump was what, like a billionaire? But no uh, legal defense fund for these people. Why is that? Why is that? I mentioned Julie Kelly over in American Greatness. She has a, a quote here from a filing by a January 6th defense attorney who says, I have practiced criminal defense as an attorney throughout this entire country and have never seen such a blatant disregard for inmates' rights as I've seen from this D.C. jail. The countless hours I fought through D.C. jail bureaucracy simply to be told how I could forward discovery to my client was nothing more than a veiled attempt to thwart and discourage inmates from receiving the proofs in their own cases when I finally learned of the D.C. jail's requirements and fully complied. The flash drive of discovery I provided was returned to me without so much as a single note or letter as to why it was not given to my client. To this day, I cannot obtain an answer as to why that discovery was returned to me in such a derelict fashion. There's a well-documented history of the D.C. jail hindering attorney-client visits as well as refusing the Capitol riot inmates the same privileges as other inmates to email their attorneys and families. The entire world, but for the D.C. jail, has found Zoom and other electronic applications to provide video visits in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic. All right. And that includes a number of, uh, a number of 
veterans. But, uh, I mean, Trump gives lip service to, hey, we honor our veterans today. What about the ones who are political prisoners, Mr. President? I don't call Biden president because they stole it. He has no right to be in the Oval Office. They stole it from Trump. They stole it from you and me. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to call balls and strikes. And this is very problematic that on January 6th, Trump tells uh, the people at the rally, hey, we're all going to go over to the Capitol and, and, and let our voices be heard peacefully, peacefully. And he didn't go, but a number of the people who did were arrested for nonviolent misdemeanors, parading through the Capitol, stuff like that. Know what I'm saying? Mr. Mr. Trump, Mr. President, with all due respect, would it kill you? Would it kill you to support some kind of legal defense fund for these people who were concerned about the electors being accepted from the stolen election and didn't do anything violent and are being treated violently. What's what's the holdup? What, what, what's the disconnect? What's the disconnect? That's what I want to know. I don't get it. I absolutely don't understand it. Okay. Now, that having been said, speaking of stealing elections, um, a lot of us were shocked they didn't steal the Virginia election from uh, now Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin. So that was a good thing. But um, I don't know if you heard about this. This dropped at the Gateway Pundit the other day. 56 voting machines were shut down, shipped to warehouse on election night in Democrat Stronghold County where Governor Murphy got over 113,000 votes. Yep. Yep. So it looks like they are stealing it in, in New Jersey. I'll put it on my Facebook page in a little bit. Yes, it looks like they are stealing it in New Jersey. Now, pardon me. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but apparently Joe Biden to the extent that he's capable of understanding anything that's going on around him. Apparently, he's thrilled with the way the economy is going. And here's what he said earlier today. Everything you're paying this much for a gallon of gas? In some parts of California, they're paying $4.50 a gallon. Do you ever think you'd be paying this much for 
a gallon of gas in some parts of California, they're paying four and a half dollars a gallon. Sounds like he thinks that's pretty cool. Sounds like he likes that. Know what I'm saying? You know, I tell you, I think what we need is a guy like uh, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis recently found out that the federal government has sent 70 plane loads of illegals into Florida in the middle of the night. Same federal government that refuses to uh, refuses to guard their our second border with Mexico. And so here's what DeSantis said yesterday afternoon. If they're going to come here, you know, we'll provide buses and provide them. Uh, we, I will send them to Delaware and do that. I mean, if, if he's not going to support the border being secured, then then he should be able to have uh, everyone there. Uh, so we will do whatever we can uh, in that regard, and we are absolutely going to do everything we can. Boom. Drop the mic. Yeah, send him to uh, Joe Biden's hometown. Senator to Joe Biden's hometown. That's what you need. That's what you need. Oh, oh. Former U.S. Senator of Massachusetts. Former Secretary of State. Former, I served in Vietnam. John Kerry now, Biden's climate czar, chuckles. When answering a question at a press conference yesterday. How in your in the several months of meetings uh, behind the scenes with China, did you bring up some of those very contentious issues, um, such as use, the use of forced labor in Xinjiang for, uh, for building solar panels? How did you address it and how did you kind of overcome that in reaching this final? Well, we're honest. We're honest about the differences and we certainly know uh, what they are and we've articulated them. And But that's not my lane here. That's uh, my job is to be the climate guy. Chuckling. You don't care about genocide. By the way, Washington Free Beacon has this. uh, John Kerry has a million-dollar stake in a private equity fund that's a major shareholder in a solar panel company linked to abuses of the Uyghurs in China. Got it? Just so you know. Just so you know, you didn't care. Couldn't care less. Now, I've got some breaking news for you. I I don't know. I don't know if any of the news is covering this. But I'll cover it. Washington Free Beacon has a story here from this morning, Iran-backed militants storm U.S. embassy in Yemen, seize hostages and equipment. You know, if you've been listening to the radio news today, been watching news on TV, have you heard anything about this? Because this would be a big deal. <clears throat> I think everybody would be talking about it if Trump was still president, or if any Republican was still, if any Republican was president. 
U.S. officials told the Washington Free Beacon early today the State Department is working to secure the release of several hostages taken by Iran-backed terrorists after they stormed the U.S. Embassy facility in Sana'a, Yemen. A group of Houthi rebels reportedly stormed the U.S. compound on Wednesday, seeking large quantities of equipment and materials, according to regional reports translated by Middle East Media Research Institute. The raid comes just five days after the Houthis kidnapped Yemeni nationals who work for the U.S. Embassy. State Department confirmed to the Washington Free Beacon that the Yemeni staffers are being held hostage and that the Iran-backed militants stole property after breaching the American facility in Sana'a, which housed U.S. Embassy staff prior to the suspension of operations there in 2015. The State Department spokesman told the Free Beacon the United States has been increasing, has been unceasing its diplomatic efforts to secure their release. The majority of the detained have been released, but the Houthis continue to detain additional Yemeni employees of the embassy. State Department spokesman said those still being held hostage are detained without explanation, and we call for their immediate release. The United States is also concerned about the breach of the compound and is calling on the Houthis to immediately vacate it and return all seized property. Property. The Biden administration will continue its diplomatic efforts to secure the release of our staff and the vacating of our compound, including through our international partners, according to the State Department. Washington Free Beacon says hostage situation is likely to further inflame tensions between the United States and Iran, which arms and funds the Houthi rebels in Yemen. The Trump administration designated the Houthis as a terrorist organization, but that designation was removed when the Biden administration took office, a move that was seen as a goodwill gesture to coax Iran into diplomatic negotiations aimed at securing a revamped version of the 2015 nuclear accord. So this is confusing to me. We've been out of this embassy for six years, but we still have employees there. We're what? Almost thirty trillion in debt. And we keep employees at embassies that we shuttered six years ago. That's insane to me. That's crazy to me. You know, the great Matt Couch, a blogger in Northwest Arkansas, says eh, there's been a whole lot of posts about how come a 17-year-old had an AR-15. However, I've yet to see one of you media clowns say how come a convicted felon had a pistol pointing at, at Kyle Rittenhouse. You know what I'm saying? No, they don't want to go there. They don't want to go there. Oh, and by the way, you know, we played the thing from Biden a little bit ago. Did you ever think you'd be paying this much for a gallon of gas? Yeah, I sure did. When you shut down the Keystone XL pipeline on your first full day in office back in January, 
Yes, of course. Of course we knew gas prices were going to go through the roof. Because that's what you wanted. Right? Now, the Associated Press has what they call an explainer. Inflation is starting to look like that unwanted house guest who just won't leave. Economists now have a more discouraging message. Higher prices will likely last well into next year, if not beyond. What caused it and what should be done? The great Steve Cortez over Newsmax says, hmm, was it perchance Brandon? As in, let's go Brandon? Or blank Joe Biden? Yeah, of course it was. And they know it was. Ari Fleischer, former White House press secretary, says Biden said inflation was transitory. But it's not. He said illegal immigration was seasonal. But it isn't. He said paying money to illegal immigrants was garbage, but it's true. He said the U.S. wouldn't leave Americans behind in Afghanistan, but we did. Does he he even know what's going on? Does he even know what's going on? Well, that's a good question, Ari. He doesn't appear to know what's going on But trust me, he sure wouldn't care. He sure wouldn't care. He's been a really bad guy for a really long time. I remember seeing a video of Biden, when he hadn't been in the Senate very long, this is years ago, back in the 70s, saying that um, he hadn't been paid off, but he certainly was open to it. He, He was looking for people to fund him. Now, I think we need to, uh, we need to pay attention to something that the the odious Anna Navarro has said this morning. Now she claims to be a Republican. She served in a number of Republican administrations, including the transition team for Florida Governor Jeb Bush in 1998. Also served as ambassador to the UN Commission on human rights under George W. Bush, later served as the national co-chair of the Hispanic Advisory Council for John McCain in 2008, and John Huntsman, former governor of Utah you never heard of, who tried to run for president in 2012. But uh, she's on CNN. She's on The View. She's never really been a conservative. You know what I'm saying? She's... She's one of these people, one of these liberals that pretends to be a Republican and is supposed to be the token Republican on The View, the token Republican on CNN. 
and she's odious. So when Kyle Rittenhouse broke down on the stand yesterday, oh, she couldn't take that. So she goes on Twitter, Anna Navarro Cardenas, and says, Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed 26-year-old Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum, 36, and injured Gage Grosskreutz, now 27. Think about how much their loved ones have cried, real anguish and grief, not crocodile tears. So people are reminding Anna Navarro of her track record. She was on The View. Somebody was talking about people getting killed by illegal aliens. She had no crocodile tears. She was doing her nails and scowling in contempt. In contempt. And if I may... Michael Knowles, the great podcaster and radio host Michael Knowles, says this ghoul, talking about Anna Navarro, this ghoul is upset that a 17-year-old boy didn't let three much older criminals murder him. And the great Greg Price, senior digital strategist at X-Strategies, LLC, said, we all know how great of a judge of character Anna Navarro is. And he links to a little clip of her on The View when she had Michael Avenatti on. Now remember, Michael Avenatti was a creepy porn lawyer, as Tucker called him. The lawyer for that um, that prostitute who made the, the, the porn movies. I can't remember her name. Oh, Stormy Daniels. Yeah, yeah, Stormy Daniels who was uh, trying to accuse Trump of stuff. And turns out that she went after her own lawyer, Avenatti, for embezzling money from her, right? And turns out that Avenatti went to jail for a long time for trying to uh, shake down, was it, was it Nike or Adidas? I can't remember, but he was a shakedown artist. But uh, Anna Navarro, when he was on The View, she thought he was a wonderful person. As a matter of fact, she blasphemed God himself to tell everybody watching The View that day how wonderful she thought the creepy porn lawyer was. Lately, to me, you're like the Holy Spirit. You are oh. all places at all times, right? I mean, you, I, I do. I see you all over cable news. I see you, you know, there is a, a, a seat available if you want to be a co-host at The View. You might, you know, there's people here you can pitch. Is that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Calling a, a say, saying a creepy porn lawyer is like the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I don't know. But she's still on. Uh, she's still on CNN. I mean, they're good with people like that. It's not a problem. Not a problem. By the way, um, I don't know if you've heard. On an unrelated note, you know, I gotta. 
I got to remember to turn this down. I keep forgetting to turn my, my phone down. I can't believe this. I'm so embarrassed. I apologize. Um, uh, Yossi Gestetner, who is a big commentator on U.S. politics and economics over the OJ PAC, says this morning, now Germany is stopping the Moderna C-19 vaccine for people under 30. France and half a dozen countries also did so already. Uh, not yet the vaccine fanatics at the U.S., though. Why does this vaccine create a heart issue in under age 30, but not for those above 60? Can NAMD please explain? There have been stories in mainstream press. In mainstream press, especially outside the U.S., of older people having heart attacks within weeks of taking certain COVID-19 vaccines. If it can create heart issues in younger people, and that's the reason many countries have stopped using it, it can happen in older people too, right? Since the start of the outbreak through November 3rd, CDC data, only 0.65% of U.S. coronavirus deaths are listed as being people under the age of 30. My guess is similar numbers happen in Europe so regulators concluded that the risk of heart issues in this age is worse than the coronavirus risk. Don't know if the above risk-benefit analysis is part of the decision to stop Moderna use in younger people, then what about 60 to 70-year-olds who already had COVID-19? Do they have natural immunity? And for how long, how strong? And if it holds, why risk the shot on them? Basic conversation is missing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay, now, wait a minute. Uh, Jonathan Turley, law professor Jonathan Turley, liberal law professor, by the way, says the judge just stopped the prosecutor from using the political views of the final witness against him. Oh, my goodness. Huh. Oh, my goodness. How about that? I mean, they really do want us to be afraid to defend ourselves. That's what they really want. Oh, I see. Uh, a few minutes ago, Jack Posobiec has this. The great Jack Posobiec, senior editor of Human Events. A few minutes ago, Kenosha police officer confirmed no unfired rounds were found at the scene. This means Gage Grosskreutz lied when he said Kyle Rittenhouse re his rifle. Confirms the only unfired round was found from Grosskreutz's 
uh, 40 caliber bullet from his from his Glock. Okay. Okay. No, I don't need that. No, I'm not going to restart now. <laughs> oh man, live stream's fun. Live stream is fun. Yeah, I want to find out. What's uh, RB Pundit three minutes ago says, I wonder if the prosecution realizes that with all this, they're making Rosenbaum and the others less and less likable. Yeah, really. So the judge delayed the trial for a moment because sent, sent the jury out again to admonish the prosecution to admonish the prosecution for trying to bring up the last witness's political views against him. Well, I, I got it. No, I, I know how to find this pretty quick. We, we got it. <laughs> uh, Jack Posobiec, Human Event, says, Prosecutor Binger now spreading a baseless conspiracy theory that um, Drew Hernandez, investigative reporter at Real American Voice, evidence and testimony is biased because of which law firm he's using. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Let me uh, let me just I'm going to type in hashtag Rittenhouse trial, and because there's there's crazy stuff going on right now. Crazy stuff going on right now. Oh, I like this. Uh, Prosecutor Binger has is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He has nothing, so he just comes up with ridiculous angles as he goes along. Another guy says, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the state is working hard for a mistrial. Yes, they've done that badly with a prosecutor who's too stupid to stand before a court. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait 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 so binger just attacked this drew hernandez guy grabbing the gall to retain a lawyer judge schroeder has having none of it he says what is the relevance of this binger says well it speaks to credibility schroeder sends jury out of room eyes glaring at binger and people all over social media are saying here, he's deliberately aiming for a mistrial. Should be granted with prejudice. See, if you if if, if you get a mistrial with prejudice, that means they can't they can't retry Kyle. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's remarkable. It's remarkable what what is going on. But I go back to what uh, Megan Kelly said. 
the other day when chief witness for the prosecution, Gage Grosskreutz, the one guy that Kyle shot who lived, admitted to the defense attorney that Kyle did not shoot him until Grosskreutz pointed a gun at him. That's open and shut self-defense. And Megan Kelly said it's very unusual to get such a, a great moment in court as a defense attorney. All right, so, okay, I got a little bit of video here. This just happened about 10 minutes ago. The prosecutor talking to this uh, Drew Hernandez guy, host of Drew Hernandez Live, investigative reporter, commentator, Real American Voice correspondent. And it went something like this. Um, your videos that you have captured of these incidents that you call riots, they're very uh, slanted against the people who are rioting. You characterize them as Antifa, Black Lives Matter, rioters, correct? Because they are rioting in the footage, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I mean, Kurt Schlichter, retired Marine colonel and attorney, says this DA enjoys being humiliated. He must. He must. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Again, this, um, This whole situation really brings the idea of prosecutorial impartiality into question. I mean, I think they've had like four people testify. They tried to kind of change their statements. Right? These guys should, these guys should be knife-longed. They should be brought up on charges. I was talking to my wife about this last night. Mike Knifong was the uh, prosecutor in Durham, North Carolina some years back who tried to frame members of the Duke lacrosse team. Um, who made the mistake of having a party and hiring a stripper, and uh, she later said they raped her, or some of them did, which was categorically untrue. Prosecutor Mike Nifong knew it was untrue, but he was running for re-election. She, uh, I think she later murdered her boyfriend. But anyway, 
Anyway. One of the problems with what's going on here with Rittenhouse is a lot of mainstream media is just lying about it. Just lying about it. And that's a real problem. Because a lot of people are going to be shocked when he uh, is found not guilty. So, CNN analyst Jeffrey Tubin calls Rittenhouse an idiot. Isn't he the one that uh, was uh, doing indecent things on the on the Zoom call and was suspended before he was welcomed back to CNN with open arms? Yeah. Tubin, isn't he the one that uh, impregnated the daughter of a co-worker and then tried to force her to get an abortion and didn't have any, wouldn't have anything with a child she had to sue to get uh, child support. That that Tubin, yeah. Legal analysts in good standing at CNN. <laughs> the great Joe Pags, great talk show host, responding to the execrable Jeffrey Tubin. Legal analyst at CNN says. First and all, an AR-15, AR stands for Armalite, not assault rifle, is not a giant gun. Secondly, the guy caught smacking it on a Zoom call with coworkers is calling someone else an idiot. Let that sink in. Well, I mean, Joe, I, I got you, brother. I mean, but I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it for too long. Don't want to dwell on it for too long. Okay. Um, Washington Free Beacon has this from just moments ago. Drew Hernandez on the stand. And the first thing I did identify was that Rosenbaum was charging Kyle Rittenhouse from behind. And then as he's charging him into the car source parking lot, uh, a firearm goes off. You can see it in the frame at the top of the car. Can I ask you this? Stop you for a second. Yeah. Did you hear that real time? Hear it and saw it in real time. Okay, go ahead. And as... Uh, the first firearm goes off. Rosenbaum is already charging Kyle from behind, uh, attempts to throw a bag at him, not sure what's inside of it. And um, Kyle is right at the corner right there, the car, car source, and turns around, and Rosenbaum is lunging towards him very clearly, and Kyle fires. And do you see that with your eyes? Yes. Okay, so as the great Ian Miles Chong points out over there on Twitter, journalist Drew Hernandez testifies Rosenbaum was lunging toward Rittenhouse, charging him from behind. He saw it with his own eyes. Mark Hemingway says, I think a great many people are projecting their unsubstantiated anger onto Kyle Rittenhouse because they don't want to confront the fact they enabled this whole fiasco by legitimizing riots and street violence for months before that night in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay. Now, Joe Biden, we often call him Dementia Joe. Speaking uh, moments ago, and he said this. 
You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros, into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. The great Negro at the time. I wonder if a Republican president called somebody a great Negro at the time, how that would fly. I remember when um, Romney was known for president in 2012, and he said that um, how important it was for him to have uh, women staffers. He said he had binders full of women, meaning binders full of resumes and stuff. And they gave him grief, pretending he was some kind of sexist or something. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, the great philosopher Elvis Presley said, I, I don't know, buddy. I, I don't know. Breaking news. Hat tip to uh, Christopher Rufo. Breaking news. Scottsdale, Arizona Unified School Board President Jan Michael Greenberg has been caught assembling a dossier with confidential information on parents who oppose critical race theory, including photographs of their children. He must resign. Yep, gotta go. Gotta go. Now, which is it? We don't teach critical race theory? Or you're a racist for not wanting us to teach critical race theory? Which is it? Now, there was um, some breaking news out of Arkansas last night. Um, it's been clear for a long time that former White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, also daughter of Mike Huckabee, will be the next governor of Arkansas. And up until yesterday evening, now you've probably heard of her, no matter where you are in the 50 states, listening to the Doc Washburn Show, a uh, woman you've probably never heard of was Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge, who was running for governor up until yesterday evening. And um, she saw, finally, the tea leaves, the handwriting on the wall, and thought, why don't I be like the sixth or seventh person to jump into the race for lieutenant governor of Arkansas because I'd have a better shot to being one of the six or seven people running for that nomination uh, than being the sole opponent to Sarah Huckabee Sanders for the Republican nomination for governor. Now, the only reason I bring that up is because Leslie Rutledge has been running these commercials about saying, I kept critical race theory out of our schools here in Arkansas. Well, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. They're teaching critical race theory in a bunch of schools in Arkansas. So I don't know what that was about. I don't have any idea what that was about. You know, I, I would talk about it at great length if I was still doing a local radio talk show in Little Rock, Arkansas, but this is a national show. But I just thought I would throw that in because sometimes people are like, 
You say, they say things, and 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 you know they're not true, but I guess they think that enough people will not check to see whether they're true or not. Anyway, so I thought I, I, I would throw that in. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Laura Logan, the great investigative journalist, Laura Logan, talking about all these people saying that um, Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have been where he was. She says, at its core, this is really about a young man accused of a crime he did not commit. Witness after witness, called by the prosecution, confirmed he acted in self-defense. Called by the prosecution. Before the, de- before the defense even got to put on their case, the prosecution had one witness after another who confirmed Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense. So making this about conservatives, making about this about politics is fundamentally dishonest. Would you rather ruin a young life than be wrong? Well, obviously, obviously, for a lot of people, the answer to that question is yes, absolutely. Would rather ruin a young life than be proven to be wrong. No question about it. By the way, um, early in the program, we played a lot of audio from uh, Tucker Carlson last night in which he had the remarkable statement, Joseph Rosenbaum died as he had lived trying to touch an unwilling minor. I want to give a shout-out and a thanks. There's a fellow named Josh who goes by the Dirty Truth Josh on Twitter, and he puts together a lot of these sound bites on Twitter that I use and a lot of people like me use. Uh, And Josh is severely disabled and is in some kind of a care facility and somehow, by the grace of God, is able to put together these sound bites, which actually are video on Twitter. And God bless you, Josh. We appreciate you, brother. But... um, yeah, this Rosenbaum guy liked to date women who had little boys, like 9, 10, 11 years old, so he could rape them. And he was convicted many times. And th- this is the kind of person that the leftists who hate Kyle Rosenhouse, Rosen, who hate Kyle Rittenhouse, pardon me, would like to see still be alive. Joseph Rosenbaum dated single mothers so he could sodomize their young sons, convicted five times. Anthony Huber kidnapped and suffocated women, convicted twice. Those are the two people that Kyle Rittenhouse killed. In self-defense, by the way. And God bless him. That's kind of like your feel-good story of the day. Now... There's a guy I used to follow on Twitter. He kept on getting kicked off of Twitter. He, he went by uh, Monkey Boy. He went by Metric Buttload. He's back now as F Sakes 1000. 
And he said one of the dead people had a skateboard, so that one is certainly justified. It's a joke. Come on, give me a break. It's a joke. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Before we get out of here, i, I got to share a couple of more things with you. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of mRNA vaccines and RNA as a drug, has this from yesterday. World's leading ICU doctor files lawsuit against hospital system after being barred from, from administering safe and effective COVID-19 treatments. A Virginia physician has been prohibited from using safe and time-honored medications in hospital while deaths from COVID-19 continue. Why does this not surprise me? Also, also, 123 studies affirming the superiority of natural immunity in contrast to one highly flawed, non-peer-reviewed CDC study. 123 research studies affirm naturally acquired immunity to COVID-19, documented, linked, and quoted. Doubtless, FDA, CDC, NIH, and 50 state health departments will ignore this as they have been doing for over a year and a half. I don't know. Um, people listen to us in 49 states. Where you live, do people still go to the hospital when they get the Wu flu, the China virus, and they're denied treatment and they just put them in a bed and eventually put them on a ventilator and let them die? I mean, are there any hospitals that are willing to give them ivermectin or any of the other things that work. Just curious. I don't know. I don't know. Again, we appreciate so much all the folks who listen to us, people who listen to us live, people who listen to us later, people who download the podcast. Somebody asked the other day, hey, can we chip in a few bucks to get you a generator? Um, we now have a, a, a tab on docwashburnshow.com where you can become a, a patron if you want to financially support us. That'd be great. Appreciate that very much. And I'm just thankful that God opened the door for me to do this um, after I got fired from Cumulus Media for refusing to take an experimental drug through a, a needle. There have been plenty of times in my radio career when I was fired I had no idea what the next job would be. So very thankful that God put together a, uh, a group of guys who helped me get this thing done every day. So uh, this has been episode 23 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, and it is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. Happy Veterans Day. God bless you, and God willing, we will see you tomorrow at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Until then, over and out.